unafraid, and unapologetic. Join me, your host, Alyssa Bartha, for deep dive conversations into the world of mysticism and spirituality, talking everything from tarot, astrology, divination, past life regression, energy healing, and other mind-bending and soul-expanding topics. Listen in for interviews with some of the most interesting and unique personalities in the world of spirituality and mysticism as we journey into the esoteric, exploring the universe with eyes wide open. Plus, I'll be bringing you my own mystical musings to help you enrich your life with my favorite tips, tricks, and truths. The Misfit Mystic Podcast. Hey there. So it's time for another episode. And I got to thinking, because I think. I mean, I think a lot. A lot, a lot. I contemplate, muse, and ponder everything all the time, whether it's something someone said or something I've observed, or even a passing thought, I spend time puzzling over the puzzle that is life. I'm also a huge watcher. I listen and I look and I take in all that is said and done and demonstrated by other human beings, some of whom I don't even know, some of whom I do. Either which way, I consciously work to notice everything especially what isn't said, and that's because I like the details. I like the fine grain of life and seeing what often goes unnoticed. The artist in me is forever in awe of all the subtleties that often lie in the unawareness of other people, the way that people touch their hair when they're nervous, or even the way that people apologize when they have nothing to be sorry for. It's not really the apology that fascinates me. To be honest, it's the subtext of the apology that engages my curiosity. Why do people say sorry for offering opinions, ideas, or just speaking? I think it has less to do with being regretful and more to do with attempting to be unimposing. I think most of the time people don't want to intrude or force their presence or take up too much space in a conversation, a room, or even in your schedule. I think it's a way of attempting to be humble in most cases. So take social media, for example. And I find it so interesting because it gives us all a chance to be anonymous voyeurs. We get to look at other people literally without them noticing. You get to form opinions about what other humans say and do and what they think or how they present their selves or ideas, what have you. The internet allows you to invite people in or shut them out. It allows you to inhabit another person's world, in quotes, undetected, while stealthily collecting opinions and biases. The truth is, you really know nothing about the person you're watching. You only see what they choose to show you. The rest, my dear mystic, is you. Everything else you feel or think about another person is all based on the perceptions you have. And what's so fascinating about that is that somehow we convince ourselves we know someone based on what we think we see, whether the object of your attention is real, authentic, and everything they seem to be is an unknown. There's no way for you to qualify their identity or the traits they seem to have that attracted you in the first place. But nonetheless, we invest a great deal of time into the belief that is built around that person being watched or followed. You just don't know the total truth of who anyone is, 
period. So I know by this point, you might be thinking, oh my God, this is pretty dark. But trust me, it's not. There's a love letter ahead for you. Just trust me. First of all, I'm going to ask you to take a minute and think with me. Why do you follow a person or an influencer or a celebrity on social media or in any way, shape, or form? What is it that keeps you engaged, interested, and ready for more? What keeps you feeling bonded to that person despite not truly knowing them? Personally, I think it's because you recognize something. You recognize something that you wish to emulate or maybe it's something that you identify with in yourself as familiar or even something that is reflected back to you in the image of them that you see. Or to make it simple, in other words, they have something you want to have within yourself or you see something reflected back at you that you already possess. Or you just hate them. <laughs> you just want to watch them do what they do so you can hate them more. I bet you didn't think I was going to mention that, did you? But seriously enough, the thing I want to bring to your attention isn't so much about what other people are doing or what, whether or not you should be anonymously or not anonymously watching them from afar. To me, those points are only smaller parts of a much larger question. The question I'm interested in asking you to delve into is you. I want you to look. I want to inspire you to delve deeper. I want to invite you to ask yourself, what in me aligns with them? What in me is attracted to them? Is it something I see in myself or is it something I would like to emulate in my own life? I think through taking a mindful approach, it's important to understand why you follow or support people on social media or who you, or who's in the public eye that you follow. And the reason is, is I think that by examining, it's a good exercise to really understand your relationship with these people, but also what they represent to you. The reason for the self-examination is that sometimes you can find yourself following someone for reasons that might not even be your own. I'm pretty sure that that probably sounds weird, but the truth of the matter is, is that we as human beings like to feel acceptance from other human beings. We like to feel acceptance because with acceptance comes the relative assumption of being liked or loved. And everyone, everyone loves to be loved. Because of this human need for acceptance, you can find yourself following somebody because your friends do. Or if not because of your friends, then maybe because they, there are enough people that agree with the person that's being followed and what they represent and how that thing that they represent is somehow in alignment with a certain set of beliefs or values. But is that enough to make the person being followed a real role model? So you're probably wondering why I'm throwing all of these deeply philosophical questions at you. <laughs> because I can. Okay, I'm kidding, but not kidding. But maybe I am. In any case, nonetheless, I'm glad you're asking. You see, my dear mystic, Times are a-changing. I like to think for the better, but while these changes are happening, there's so much to be discovered and even more to be questioned. 
for some of us who have been walking a certain path of spirituality that was not so mainstream even 10, 15, 20 years ago, it's an exciting time. We are seeing things that we couldn't or dare not even speak about in certain company. And those things are becoming increasingly mainstream. People are talking about crystals and tarot cards, astrology, and other metaphysical or esoteric topics like no big deal. Whereas before you were weird or worse. There was a time not too long ago that if you even hinted at the fact that you were into occult practices, oh yeah, <laughs> I said occult, there was something dark and dangerous about you. And on many levels, this is really great, this, this renaissance, this revival that we're seeing. And it's wonderful to see the diversity of belief emerging and becoming more and more acceptable. I love the fact that we're alive during a time that we get to witness a shift in the thought and belief paradigms that is only rivaled about, I don't know, 2,000 years ago <laughs> when a certain sandaled rebel pissed off a lot of people. We, my dear mystic, are in a renaissance and I couldn't be happier. But nonetheless, I have to take pause. I have to wonder if all of this newfound excitement for relatively alternative spirituality is more than just trendy. Are people really shifting and adapting into a new era of human expression? Or is it just the influence of a fad in pop culture? Or worse, a way to make a quick buck and grab a ton of followers. Do these folks that we follow online or see, you know, doing moon water or, you know, selling crystals or, you know, doing card pulls and readings, are these people actually in the study and practice of what they talk about or is it just for show? I think that's a good question. I think it's a fair question. I hope that the people that are doing these things are truly finding themselves closer to the creator of all that is as well as themselves. I genuinely hope that as trends change, that people will be more evolved and enriched, uh, be a more evolved and enriched, sorry, <laughs> version of who they are experimenting with now. So this is why all the questions, this is why the curiosity, because for my own part, I study relentlessly. That's one part because I love to, I love to think and grow but also because the questions are never ending. I love to learn and my bookshelves bow under the weight of all that I'm working to understand. My practice is by no means new or perfect, even if it is more public than it was five or 10 years ago, it's still under construction. I'm still reaching for more, still trying to learn and become a better version of myself. Personally, I have been excited by more than a few people I've seen on social media talking about all the stuff I love, from sacred geometry to astrology to energy healing and light work, all the different ways and different forms of divination and healing practices a person could ask for are surfacing now with an exploding uh, excitement. Only the thing I worry about, <laughs> I can't really say that it's a worry, but I think about you know, how I watch a lot of this come and go, how they seem to fade away or worse, demonstrate, some people anyway, 
is that they weren't really who they wanted me to see. In other words, they're showing up and they're talking about, you know, all of these spiritual practices and they're doing all of these things only to discover that that's not who they truly are. And it kind of bums me out. But this is the way it goes, I guess, when people are trying to find themselves. And so I do pull back and I don't judge, but it does, you know, kind of suck. <laughs> so in response, I've had to look very closely at what people are saying and doing when it comes to all of this spiritual stuff. Not that I'm judging because I'm definitely not, and I'm not even condemning anyone. I'm just observing. If the person or a group of people I'm following begin to show behaviors or practices that I personally don't align with, you know, and they don't follow um, things that, or they do depart from things that um, impact my own personal growth, my own truths, values, and morality, I will stop engaging with them. Not in anger or judgment, but it's an act of self-preservation. I say this because everyone is on their own journey. And we'll get to wherever they're intending to go in their own time, despite my feelings. So it's not about snobbery or um, trying to be exclusive in that way. But what it is, is is trying to be discerning. Because I always ask myself how following someone makes me feel. Do they uplift others? Do they withhold information? Do they heal or do they help? And do they misdirect the truth by blaming others or circumstances? Do they act with integrity and accountability or do they avoid responsibility? These are questions I think we need to ask ourselves about pretty much everybody in our lives, but particularly as it concerns social media and TV, media, and movies and music and in all forms of external influence. But the most important question I think a person should ask is, what does my gut say? What is my inner compass telling me? How do I really feel? And don't ignore that. I know it's tempting and I know it can be very hard to go, you know what? I'm not doing that anymore or I'm not hanging out with those people or it's just not for me. Because again, that goes back to that whole idea of being accepted and being part of the, the norm or the group or, you know, the people that you even love and care about. But this is important to do. So the reason I'm sharing all of these thoughts isn't to harm you or to try to, you know, uh, make you question your choices, but it is to provoke questions, discussions, and thoughts, and a little bit of self-examination. The invitation to look deeper into your social circles, your teachers, your role models, is not to judge them, but rather it's to gets you to become more clear about your own path. If you can, take a good long look. Scroll through your feed. You know, check into those groups and see if that, those people that you follow are consistent. If their message still vibrates in your heart the same way it did when you first started to engage. Or maybe something's changed. And don't worry about what other people think. Even if they think, you know, you have changed in some way because well in my opinion you should be <laughs> changing that is but whatever you think and however you think it just seek the truth of your own heart because it is the seat of your joy so that's about it 
I know this is a shorter episode, but I wanted to bring you an opportunity for thought. And I hope that I have. If there's something else that you would like me to talk about, or you'd like to discuss with me, or if there's something you just want to ask, please do. I'm here. Hey, mystics. I hope you've been enjoying this episode. If you'd like to download it, listen to past episodes, or become a subscriber, visit www.northstarmystic.com. Now back to the episode.